All right. Hey, Cam. Greetings and salutations, Mitch. How are you, sir? Mm-hmm. You're always so much more elegant than I am. <laughs> uh, uh, I'll take that bet and see see how quickly I can uh, make What's me- up, homie? <laughs> Yo, what it do, Mitchell? Hey, what's up? Anyways, enough of right. that nonsense. <laughs> right. So episode seven, here we are. I wanted to open the show talking about music this morning because I, I was thinking over uh, over this last week, like, just how much, uh, how much, I, you know, my music tastes haven't changed over the years, but how influential the music was when I was younger, you know, probably like late teens, early twenties, just, just how kind of, I think I came into my musical prime as it was. So like, what were you into when you were, when you were uh, probably in that musical prime, so to speak? Oh boy. Um, okay. So lots of good music and lots of very bad music. I was quite the, um, yep. What's the uh, Jekyll and Hyde when it came to the music I liked? So I started, uh, I taught myself guitar when I was a sophomore in high school. Um, so I would have been 15. I was, I was young for my grade. Um, I wound up, I started college at 17. So I was, you know, I was always a year behind everybody as far as like age was going. Um, not that that, I don't know why I said that. That's not important. We're talking about music, but I taught myself guitar then. And so then I started getting into like Stevie Ray Vaughan and uh, the Allman Brothers and uh, just all sorts of like classic rock and blues. Um, Mm -hmm. Eric Clapton, B.B. King, Muddy Waters, all sorts of that old school stuff. And then, you know, it was really into classic rock, too. My dad always told me I was born two decades late. Um, He said I should have been born when he was because I would have had a lot, you know, more fun with the music that was on the radio. Um, Sure. Because I was born in 86. So, you know, growing up in the 90s, it was a lot of pop music and boy bands and, you know, ooh grunge, you know, just to balance it out, I guess. Um, So I was super into like all the blues and and classic rock. But I also liked, you know, like Limp Bizkit and Korn and uh, uh, like uh, Newfound Glory and Green Day and just – you know, stuff that wouldn't necessarily pair well with the blues and the classic rock and the guitar driven stuff. Um, so luckily I grew out of, you know, I was super into Lincoln park too, when they first came out. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but yeah, I grew out of a lot of that, um, you know, angst driven music, uh, as far as like, you know, like Lincoln park and, and the angry stuff. Uh, I still listen to like hard rock and metal from now, now and then. But that's not my my main squeeze anymore. Yeah, and I I I came to blues and um, a lot of a lot of that kind of stuff later uh, as I was as I got older. But uh, definitely when I was kind of going through my prime, I would listen to a lot of Christian rock back then. It it was funny because some of the first bands that I really got into were like probably some of the worst Christian bands. As we look back on that, I was really into stuff like Petra and Whiteheart and just some of the the 80s quote hair metal bands. <laughs> Striper. You know what? I never got into Striper. Oh man. But- that's that's the one that I kind of missed because I think they were just a little too like I listened to a little bit of uh oh what was that the other white band that uh was big in Christian rock White Cross Be- just because the dude's guitar work was amazing but I just can't handle that uh, that like high pitched male voice 
I just couldn't couldn't do it. Yeah, then striper striper would not be your cup of tea. Yeah, and I think when uh, when I as I started to realize that there was better Christian music or better Christian music was coming out, I think that's when I kind of was exposed to striper, and I was like, yeah, no, I'm gonna go listen to this other stuff over here. But I really got into a lot of the stuff that was coming out of Rex Records and um, and uh, Tooth and Nail Records and stuff like that at the time. Of course, a lot of that stuff got moved to like style, Solid State Records, all owned by the same guy that that owned Tooth and Nail. But they started moving some of the really heavy stuff off of uh, the Tooth and Nail um, label and onto like Solid State. The that music I was into pretty much the harder the better. With the exception of like, I'm really not into like growly stuff. I like, I don't mind, I don't mind some screaming, but the growly stuff just doesn't make sense to me. I, I don't know. I, I just never understood the screaming or the growling. Cause it's like, if you're writing lyrics, surely you want people to know what you're saying. I mean, isn't that the point of lyrics? So I think the, um, the thing about, um, I guess I hate the term, but you know, nowadays it's referred to as screamo. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's such an awful term, but I think that what I really appreciate about it is when it's really well done, that it's, that it is done at like climactic spots in the music. It's done to capture the emotion of the music. What I don't like is when you listen to bands that that's all it is. I mean, they write their music, just, you know, just average normal lyrics. Then they just scream everything. Yeah. I, that to me just doesn't make sense. Bands like Chevelle um, Ooh, really kind of capture that good. well. Chevelle is good. I forgot about them. Yeah, you get the screams, you get the yells, you get them at those climactic spots but there's a lot of good like vocal work done mm-hmm. in there too yeah i listen i've been listening to a lot of chevelle over the last couple dude years. i was super into them when i was in college mm-hmm. I, man that's a band i need to go back and revisit yeah yeah and some of the the newer stuff that they put out is quality i don't i don't think that there's uh, the stuff that that was cut that came out years ago i'm trying to remember the names of the the album i got you bro Wonder what's next was my favorite album. It came out in no two. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good one. I re- that brings off a lot of memories of working at Target because I worked overnights and listened mm-hmm. to that that album a lot. Uh, this type of thinking was really good. I like that album. That's that had like uh, Clincher. Oh right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the Clincher Vitamin R. Um, that's some good, good stuff on there. Emotional Drought, I think, was one of one of my favorite tunes. Um, some of their newer stuff. The North Corridor is really good. That came out in 2016. And then a couple of years back, they put out uh, 12 Bloody Spies, the uh, B-sides. And there's there's some good stuff in there, too. But uh, anyway, Project 86 was really my jam. For, I was going to ask you if you, were in, if you were in a Project 86. Yeah. I saw them in 1999 uh, at... Uh, the Wilmer Music Festival up, or I'm sorry, the Sunshine Music Festival up in Wilmer, Minnesota. That that introduced me to them because as I was uh, as I was 
hanging out there, they're like, hey, man, this this band, you know, dude's got like a fro and, you know, it's kind of uh, kind of rage against the machine ish, you know, and I and I I really dug rage. I, I heard them a lot when I was working for Best Buy. And so I thought, you know, I'm gonna give these guys a chance. And I got to the show and man, dude, that was back when Aaron Sh- or Andrew Schwab was still like staring at people in the crowd, just being all intimidating, kind of did that <laughs> on his first tour. I just fell in love with that band. Uh, so that's the one of the few uh, CDs that I've ever, I didn't get it at the show and I totally regretted it. And so I was living up in the Twin Cities at the time and I went to the uh, bookstore that was closest to me, that Christian bookstore. They did not have a copy. I think it was like the family Christian bookstore or whatever. Mm-hmm. But they're like, hey, our Burnsville location has that. Well, if you know anything about the Twin Cities, Burnsville is about as south as you can get in the Twin Cities. So it's it's a bit of a, a, a haul if you don't live on the south side. And at the time I was living in downtown Minneapolis. So it was probably 45 minute drive with little to no traffic. And of course, there's never little to no traffic when everything's open. I spent, I think, like two, three hours one day driving down to that store in Burnsville, picking up the CD and driving back to my apartment in downtown Minneapolis just so I could get that CD. So I say all that to just say there was some dedication there. I really wanted that album. And and I love that. That was their first album, I think is called Still or something along those lines. Gosh, it's so hard to remember all that stuff. But yeah, I mean, they've, they've been my jam. I've, I've got every one of their albums. They're one of those uh, bands that if I'm going to, oh, they just call it a self-titled album now. They, they had a name for it back in the day, but it's just called, they just call it, it's just a self-titled album now. I could swear they called it Spill back in the day, but anyway. But they're the band that pretty much anything that they put out, um, I'm willing to buy on, on uh, CD just so that the band gets a little cash from it. Uh, otherwise, I, I listen to everything through Apple Music, so whatever. But uh, but that if I'm going to buy a shirt, they're going to be on my short list. Mm-hmm. Um, their, uh, their albums, pretty much every album that comes out, I want a piece of. You know, it's it's a they're my they're my jam really um but i was also into the industrial scene back in the day too so uh stuff like um circle of dust was probably my big one i don't know if you've you've heard circle of dust nope but um but circle of dust uh the argyle park projects they had two two discs out i think at least two discs out um for argyle park uh some of the lighter stuff uh, folds enduro was was good i always enjoyed their uh their stuff but that was early to mid 90s that a lot of that stuff was coming out maybe just a little bit towards late 90s um that stuff was really big but i remember going into the christian bookstore and seeing um before circle of dust became circle of dust they they released their first album i think as brainchild and later on that that album got changed to Circle of Dust and then the subtitle or the the name of the album was Brainchild. So they they switched that up a little bit. But I remember grabbing the the cassette, and that'll age me a little bit. Grab the cassette <laughs> off of the the shelf because back in the day you you had to you wanted to demo the music before you left, so they always had one open on the shelf that you could listen to. So I walked up and I grabbed the demo and went over to the little tape deck that they had sitting over uh, on the shelf so I could listen to it and the tape deck wasn't working. 
And so I'd been in there a whole bunch. I knew the owner really well because I I shopped there a lot. I bought a lot of music from them. I almost uh, almost ashamed of how much music I bought from them. But uh, but I walked up to her and I said, "Your cassette deck's not working over there." And she's like, "Oh yeah, yeah. You know, I got to run over and get batteries. The batteries are are dead in it." And I was like, "Okay." I said, "Can I just run out to my car and throw this in my deck in the car so I can listen to this tape?" And I says, "I'll be right back with it." And she's like, "Oh yeah, go ahead and do that. That's fine." So ran out to the car, shoved it in the tape deck, turned it on, and I sat back and I was like, oh my gosh, I have never heard anything like this. like one of those little transformative uh, moments in my life to listen to because I had never heard an industrial song ever and this was this was just heavy grindy dark and um, yeah a lot of screaming and a lot of yelling but <laughs> but uh, but it was just like he was he throws back one of the signatures of Circle of Dust was he used a lot of samples from movies and stuff like that in his music and I just, I ate, I was eating it up. I walked back in there, put the tape on the thing, grabbed one that was sealed and handed her my money. I'm like, that's, I want this. And that took me down a road that to this day, like I still listen to, he's Cell Dweller now, if you look up his music. Um, he changed uh, a little while later because um, what, what record label was he with? Uh, I think it was Rex Records that he was with that uh, they, they owned or the the company that owned Rex Records owned the Circle of Dust trademark and all that. So he had to leave that all of that um, with the record label, which he since bought it back. Um, so he now owns all that trade, all the trademark on that and everything. But uh, but he's still pumping out just awesome music. So good stuff. Not quite as rough and and. uh raw as the stuff that was coming out early on a lot of his stuff now is much more polished but it's good stuff so definitely recommend it what was your first show the first concert i ever went to was jeff moore in the distance <laughs> yep oh i just about choked on my coffee <laughs> it was the home run tour and no, no, no! Sorry, it was the the Evolution tour, the the uh, the album before Home Run, mm. and I was in elementary school. I think it was yeah. I was eight or nine, and it was at some church somewhere in Metro Detroit. Um, and it, you know, right before the show started, all the lights go out, and then the lights come on along with the whole band just. You know, hitting a huge like scared the crap out of me. I ran out of <laughs> I ran out of the concert room crying because it mm-hmm. scared me so bad. And then my dad had to come out and call me down, and then I went back in and thought it was amazing, and met the band and got signatures on the poster and all this sort of stuff. So it wound up being a really really good experience. But the the initial burst of light and noise and energy just I mean I was not at all prepared for for that. Um, so yeah, that was, that was my first concert. Um, cause you know, 
little Christian my, boy wanted to go see a rock show, and so Jeff Moore was what that was, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, my my sister was really into Jeff Moore in the distance, and I, she wore those albums out, <laughs> and I and wore them out oh, on so me did too. Because so, so oh. did I. Yeah, but but uh, but no, Petra was my first. Uh, uh, and I think I was probably not much older than you when I went to that show. Um, I'm older than you then. I think I might have been like 10, 11 years old or something like that. But yeah, I went with the youth group, one of my first outings with the youth group and uh, bought a shirt and I, I, I'm a merch guy. I, I love buying, I think, you know, if you talk to a lot of the bands, they say that that's where they get most of their money from anyway. So, you know, if you're going to see a band, buy some merch um, because especially when they're on uh, record labels, the record labels take most of the money from the, the album sales. So your, uh, your merch sales are where they're making the money. So cool. Well, I got nothing more to say about that. No, I mean, music. we could spend hours talking on music, but we should, we should yeah. move on to sure. our next topic. So, yeah. So we talked about masks last time and I got, and our, our value, we have a lot of valued listeners. I, I don't want to make it sound like we have one valued listener, but but uh, one that's very near and dear to my heart uh, made a made a comment um, in a text to me. She's like, "Man, Cam gets fired up about masks." <laughs> <laughs> and a little yeah. while later on, she 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 was listening to the episode while while she was texting me about it. And later on, she's like, "Hey, this Cam really was really fired up this episode." And uh, and I, I made the comment back, and I sent you this. I was like, yeah, I really like this side of camp. It was fun. I got to get him riled up more often. Yeah, just poke so. the bear, Mitch. Poke the bear. <laughs> so, but fun episode last time. So, yes. So the the last thing I wanted to do, because we've been talking about iOS 14 in like our follow up every episode for how long, you know, since June. But there's more to talk about today. I downloaded it this morning and I've done a little bit of reading online just so that I, I know, you know, what's new. And there's not a lot new in it uh, in the beta seven that came out yesterday. But there's a few things that we talked about, or at least one big thing that we talked about that uh, that they changed a little bit. And that's it, the app library. Did you get a chance mm. to look at this at all? No, 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 no. I am. I'm hearing this for the first time. So do tell. So um, I'm looking at the Mac Rumors site, which I have in the show notes. So if uh, you're listening, you can pop into this. But it says the uh, tweaked app library categories. Ooh. So, you know, we talked a little bit about how I think it was like Overcast showed up in reference and reading. Mm-hmm. And uh, our like bank apps were in productivity, productivity, which didn't make any sense. Mm hmm. Instead of like changing the way they're categorized, they change the names of the categories. So productivity is the now symptoms, boys. It's not the actual yep. disease. All right. So productivity is now productivity and finance. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Uh, I am not joking. Okay, go ahead. And then re- reference and reading is now information and reading. Oh my gosh. They did add a couple as well. There is now shopping and food, and they added a uh, travel. Well, that's good. 
says here that they added um they have games and they have a separate category for arcade oh which I okay did not look into so i'm guessing that they're just splitting out the apple arcade stuff yeah from the games the category um which i find it funny because in in the screenshot here he's got uh he's got fortnite downloaded <laughs> that's uh nice so, which I'll, I'll tell you i did not have it on my iphone but before they pulled the developer license last week i i downloaded it real quick so that i could keep it on my phone and just see what happens to it because i was waiting for apple to pull it and i was mm-hmm. gonna laugh for i was gonna laugh and be like oh they pulled it off my phone that's hilarious I've dipped into it like twice. I do play Fortnite, but normally I play that on my Switch. So, oh, you do? Yeah, a little bit, not a lot. Oh. But I did buy into the the re- the most recent season because uh, you know, all the Marvel Avengers. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was pretty cool. So, a couple other less notable things that they changed. They have uh, new dark mode versions of the um, six colors wallpaper. Okay, nice. So that's pretty exciting. All they did is take the black the black six colors uh, wallpaper. And basically if you have light mode on, you get like the green or the yellow or the orange. And if you have dark mode on, you get black. So Mm. nothing too exciting there. And then have you noticed an issue with the banner for AirPods? So you, you connect your AirPods and you get that little drop down that says, Oh, your AirPods are connected. Did you I, notice that it just says text underscore content <laughs> underscore something instead? No, I never saw that. That's funny. so that's in that's in uh, beta six that it does that. I've I've seen that and uh, and that it was doing that to me. But I noticed this morning when I after I updated, I connected my i my AirPods to my phone and it popped down and said, "Hey, Jedi Master Mitch's AirPods are connected." By the way, my phone calls me Jedi Master Mitch. So nice. <laughs> you know how to change that in Siri, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So I used was, to make I used to uh make Siri call me master. Yeah. So I am a Star Wars geek, so that may, only made sense to me. So that that is all that's listed are the major things that were changed or fixed in beta seven. So cool. Well I will uh I will download it and it'd be really awesome if I could get that auto switching audio for my AirPods. Yeah, I think they'll that'll come out when it when it uh, releases. I think, but I want it now. Yeah, well, you can't have it now, Cam. I'm sorry, oh, but this is America. I get what I want. <laughs> You're starting to sound like a millennial. I am a millennial, Mitch. I know that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a hardworking one, though. Don't get it twisted. No, no. I, you know what? That's the thing that I think, and I've made that comment to people before when they've been dissing on millennials. It's like, you know, to characterize. Now, when I was growing up, we were Gen Xers and Gen Xers were lazy, good for nothing. You know, a lot of the same stuff. that Every they younger generation is lazier compared to the yeah. older people, right? When I was your right. age. <laughs> but uphill both ways. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but you know, when, it, when it, the truth being is that, you know, as you're growing up, you probably aren't as motivated and aren't as, you know, um, hardworking as I think you become, or you have the opportunity to become, um, as you get older. 
but uh, but there are um, millennials that I work with that are some of the hardest working people that that I know, you know, eager to learn and grow and change. And, you know, it's it's a it's you know, it really is individual like it it's really is an individual thing as far as you know there's little things that bug me there's there's one kid that i work with that uh like i can't i literally cannot have a conversation with this kid because i don't understand half of what he says <laughs> and he he talks in memes which i think is hilarious but at the same time incredibly annoying Oh, did you see this meme? And he's calling stuff memes that ha- that like that's not how I understand what a meme is. I don't I don't really understand how he well, defines that. I worked with a guy that was younger than me who referred to mm-hmm. them as memes. <laughs> and I didn't have it in my heart to correct him because it was too funny. Because every time he's like, That's, "Oh, yeah, check this meme out," <laughs> and be like, oh my God. it just what are, it, it made what me are so you happy. Eighty years old, good grief! No, no, he was <laughs> he was six years younger than me. Yeah. And that's, and what's hilarious is like, I can hear my mom saying that, mm-hmm. you know, I love my mom, but you know, she's, she would see a meme online and say Mimi, you know, just, yeah, it's that's, so good. That's a, that's it's a thing. It's know. rich. <laughs> so I was having a real tough time uh, coming up with uh, anything to really talk about this week that, you know, I, we, there's stuff we could talk about, but there's stuff that I just don't want to deal with quite honestly. So I thought we'd come up with something fun to do this week. And so I am going to try, we're going to try something new today. I'm calling it four questions, which is a little bit, uh, it's kind of a Q&A session because we haven't gotten a lot of feedback from the listeners as far as questions are concerned. I thought you and I could come up with some questions to ask each other and and we would answer, we would both answer them and discuss the questions a little bit. And I think we came up with some good ones. Um, but I also, after we get those four questions done, Cam, I told you, come up with a wild card question, something that neither one of us, well, I'm not going to be able to prepare for, um, because I've kind of prepared for the other ones already, but, uh, but I came up with a question as well that I'm not letting you prepare for. So we're going to kind of spring this on each other, um, on the show and see what we come up with. Maybe it'll be fun. Maybe it'll be terrible. I don't know. We'll see. So, Cam, did you want to hit your first question here? Uh, I'm I'm excited to answer this. If the world was accepting U.S. passports right now and your costs were covered, where would you travel? All right. So since you posed the question, I'll answer it first. I I have wanted for a long time. I've got I've got uh, ancestry that goes back into Scotland and the United Kingdom in general, but but the Craig name um, comes from Scotland. Um, that's my last name. We don't say it a lot on the show, but um, that comes from from Scotland. And matter of fact, I was looking online this morning because I wanted to pull something up for uh, the Craig Castles. And there's supposedly there's three Craig Castles in Scotland and uh, two of them are in ruins. But there's a there's a third one that apparently is was being sold last year. Um, but it was something that it was my understanding that it was being used as a uh, as like a rehab center for a long time. And I could be wrong about that. I'm, I'm an idiot. But 
But I pulled this up and I thought, oh, it's for sale? Because it went on sale last October. So I don't know if anybody's bought it. I I didn't see that. But they were only asking $531,000 for the castle, which, you know, it's castles go. That's not terrible. But uh, let me see. What does it say here? Um, I'll get back to my vacation. But um, it was built in 1510. So it was built in the 16th century, 63 acres of woodland. Um, yeah, it's it looks like it's that old, but uh, the inside looks pretty modern. Looks pretty good. So, but anyway, I have wanted to go over and visit uh Scotland in particular, but also just kind of do a tour of the UK. Do the cliché thing of going to uh Dublin and going to the uh Guinness Brewery. Uh I highly recommend it. It's like Willy Wonka's factory for beer. <laughs> it's incredible i look forward to it but uh but as i was looking at that this morning one of my thoughts was to do a cruise now obviously with covid there's no cruises going on right now but uh but i thought i'd look it up and see like what what the price was and i put i put this all in the show notes so if uh, anybody cares and wants to look they can do that but you can get a 12 night cruise on uh the british isles a british isles cruise oddly it starts in the netherlands um in amsterdam but uh, but it's a really, really cool tour how they kind of go up in between Ireland and Scotland and come back down through and back to the back to Amsterdam. But man, you'd be able to go to Glasgow, um, to Dublin, uh, see one of the first sto- the first stop actually is uh, Dover in in England. Mm-hmm. Um, they do. They have a they have a stop in um, what is it? Liverpool. So there's there's some really, really cool stuff there. So if I could do anything as far as travel, I think that would be um, my first visit, at least to the UK. I would love to do a tour like that just to be able to see a little bit of everything and then eventually maybe go back and and go specifically to London, maybe specifically to Glasgow to get a better, better tour of Glasgow, which I hear it's just gorgeous. A very kind of gothic uh, architecture and stuff like that, but but yeah, that would be my answer. I want to I want to go to Scotland specifically, but um, but definitely tour the UK. Very nice there, laddie. Oh, thank you. Uh, yeah, so I'm torn. I'm torn. Um, my grandparents moved to the United States from Glasgow. Um, so I have obviously always wanted to go like my mom, they grew up going back like every year or two. So my mom has been over there, you know, a bunch. Um, but I've never, I've been to Ireland, um, and Ireland's beautiful. It's, we, we did like a whole, we did like a nine day trip and it was incredible. We did like the kind of, we did Dublin, you know, Trinity college, Guinness, you know, so walked like 14 miles in one day. Um, and then but the countryside is just incredible and all the small towns. It's super cool. Um, so part of me really, 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 really wants to go to Glasgow and then do the Highlands because um, it's beautiful. All the pictures, you know, movies that have been shot there just looks incredible. Um, but I think if we're doing all expenses covered, I'm going to Australia because that's a much more expensive trip. And I would, I would hit, you know, Sydney and, uh, specifically Melbourne, um, and spend a lot of time around Melbourne and then probably head over to the West coast 
Um, but I just, Australia fascinates me for a bunch of reasons. If I'm, if I'm doing a, you know, my costs are covered, I'll do, I'll do the Australia trip and then I'll pay for the Scotland trip myself. Got to work the system, Mitch. All right on, man. So I like, I like the plan. We, uh, when I was in high school, uh, we went down to Mexico with a, with a band we toured four different cities down in down in Mexico. We started in Acapulco, which, by the way, if you ever get a chance to go to Acapulco, Acapulco Harbor is one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen. Uh, the The water is so blue. The white sands on the beach. I mean, there were there are parts of the beach as we were walking on them that we were like our feet were sinking ankle deep into the sand. It's just such a fine fine sand. Um, it's, it's, it's really nice, but uh, I got some great stories and maybe we'll get an opportunity to tell from there sometime, but they stopped going to Mexico that year and they would do this trip about every three years, uh, to go and just play internationally somewhere. Australia was where they decided to go after that. So, so I missed it by basically three years being able to go down to Australia to, to play. So, yeah. Yeah, we went to Acapulco, Cornavaca, um, Tosco, which surprisingly was a really cool town to go to. It's a little town in the mountains that is called the silver capital of Mexico. They they mine silver there. So it was kind of neat to go there and, and see that. I brought back some silver, but I don't think I can find any of it. Uh, there was one piece that I was particularly proud of that I think got lost somewhere, but... Um, and then Mexico City. Mexico City was cool. We went to some of the pyramids just outside Mexico City, and yeah, it was really neat. But but yeah, Australia sounds like fun. Yeah, it'd be a good time. Yep. Watch some cricket, some Australian rules football. Mm-hmm. I want I, if I if I were going to do it, I would want to go uh, to when the Formula One Grand Prix is there. They always open the season with Australia in Melbourne. Sure. So mm-hmm. that would be. Uh, primo. Watch Melbourne's supposed to be one of those. What? No, it's not. It's not a circle, Mitch. That's NASCAR. <laughs> I, and technically, I it's an oval. And I yeah. don't watch it. Formula yeah. One, on the other hand, fighter pilots, man. Pew, pew, pew. Um, yeah. No, but Melbourne's supposed to be one of the most livable cities on the planet, uh, and consistently so, except for right now because of COVID. They got hit super yeah. hard a couple weeks ago. So. Not going there right now. Well, my first question, what have you done in the past three months that makes you feel proud? Um, past three months that makes me feel proud. I've gotten a lot better at the base. I started taking it seriously. Um, yeah, that makes me proud. So I, like I said, I've been playing guitar for 17 years. So that's always been my main instrument. Um, but I started, uh, playing bass at church, like, I don't know, year, year and a half ago just to fill in. Um, cause we needed people. And then I was like, Oh, this is actually really fun. And then, of course, me being me, was like, well, you know, it's church music. It's easy. I don't really need to be any good at the bass to play church music. Um, So I was lazy about it. And then during the pandemic, I was like, you know, there's a lot more you can do in the bass than just 
plunking on the ones and the fives. Um, and so I went out and I got myself a bass and I started taking a lot more seriously and now it's way more fun to play. So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Being able to walk the scales and stuff like that when you're playing too is, uh, is good. Putting a little flair in your play. Yeah. And I just like the rhythm and the funk, you know, like, let's just Mm -hmm. groove. Bring the funk, dude. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about you, Mitchell? What's made you Um, proud? I think a lot of the audio work that, that I've had the opportunity to do recently, um, whether it's this podcast, um, but, uh, but mostly it's been, you know, through the church, we've been, we started doing a radio program that actually the first episode airs tomorrow. And, uh, we, I was challenged to put together a professional sounding, we basically wanted it to sound better than any of the church services on the air, uh, that, that they had on the radio station that we were going to put it on. And so what, what they wanted to do was go back when our, when our pastor first came to our church about three years ago, he did a sermon series that was about 72, um, messages long that was, it's referred, it was called, uh, foundational framework. And the whole idea was he basically preached through the entire Bible to um, build a framework for what uh, what the Bible is about, and and so what we're doing is we're basically revisiting that. So his sermons are you know probably most of them are about an hour long. So we have, we've had to split the sermons into two parts, and um, and then dress them up with intros, outros. Um, and I'm doing intro, special intros and outros for every episode. So they're unique to each episode. And then we, if I got the time for it, um, that's, I think the first episode that we did, I had, um, like 24 minutes of audio. So we need about 28. So what I did is I had him come to my studio. He, uh, we did just, a. I asked a question of him and he spent a few minutes answering that question. And then we, uh, put that into the episode with a little bit of music and just kind of playing it all. And, and it came off really, really good. And I was, I was really excited about that. And the first episode airs tomorrow on AM 1350 WPDR, a station that I actually used to work for. So, <laughs> so pretty funny how things cool. come around. Yep. Yeah. But, uh, what, I am putting them on uh, the church website. If uh, if there is somebody that is interested, I should put that in the show notes. How's that? Um, but uh, it's just under, it's on the front page for the um, walking in grace is what we decided to call the, the show. And I'll throw that into the show notes here real quick. So if anybody is interested in looking that up, they can. But uh, yeah, it turned out really nice. I'm really happy with it. Cool. All right. I have a, I have a conundrum for you, Mitch. All right. If you could only have one of these items, which would you choose? The iPhone, the iPad, a Mac desktop, or a Mac laptop? You can only have one. (sighs) Oh, this is a tough one. So there's so much work that I do on um on my Mac. Let's just let's just say this. 
I could live without my iPad. If if I had to live without my iPad, I could live without my iPad. Yeah. And and the reason being for that is for the audio and video work that I do right now, um, I need the horsepower of a mach- of a of a a either a laptop or a desktop machine to be able to do do that efficiently. So I know that it's possible to do it on the iPad. I just don't have the desire to um, deal with all the compromises that you have to deal with right now. If the iPad ever got to the point where you didn't have to deal with all those compromises, I probably iPad would probably be enough for me, but I got to throw that out. So we'll eliminate the iPad as, as a, an option there. And uh, later in the episode, I'm going to talk about my new iMac. I really like this machine, but you know, spoiler alert, by the way. But if uh, if I had to do without it, I could make do as long as I could get something that uh, that had this kind of horsepower, but but in a laptop format. So I'll say that. But really, what it comes down to is iPhone or laptop. So either an iPhone or a MacBook Pro. And I use my iPhone way more than my MacBook MacBook Pro would get used. Because, I mean, it's just your daily device. You have it in your pocket all the time. You know, it's a communication device. It's, you know, it's everything that I need it, need on a daily basis. But I can't do the audio or audio work and the video work on that. You know, it's not as Steve Jobs put it, it's not the truck that you really need to get your work done. So I guess if if I absolutely could not have an iPhone. It, okay, just to just for parameter here. Um <laughs> am I able am I able to get an Android phone? Yeah, this is just if you could I it, you're limited to one of these items. You can do whatever else one, you want. One Apple device. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, yeah. So, as long as I can get an Android phone, I wouldn't be super happy with it. Not as happy as I am with my iPhone. But, well, presumably at least. But uh, but if I could get an Android phone, okay. Yeah, that, that makes the decision a little bit easier. Um, I would go with the MacBook Pro and I'd probably get the 16-inch and spec the crap out of that so that it's fast. It's, you know, can do everything that I need it to do. Probably would have to get a display for it so that I could use it similar to a desktop when when I when I'm able to or when I need it for that. But yeah, I'd probably have to go laptop. Wise choice. All right. Yeah, I would do a MacBook Pro too. It's a no brainer. Yeah, same reasons love, pretty much. Yeah, I love my iPad, but like right now, yeah. it would have to be a MacBook Pro for the mobility and for the uh, you know Logic and Final Cut. Yeah, that's why I really wanted Logic and Final Cut, or one of them, to be on the iPad when they announced WWDC this year. But I didn't get it, and mm-hmm. you know that makes me a little sad. But whatever. Luckily, luckily, this question is not reality, so I can have an iPad and I can have my Mac Mini, and I desire a MacBook Pro, but that's not happening. But sitter, soon. sitting in it's sitting in front of me on my desk. I have my my iPhone. Mm-hmm. I have my iPad and my MacBook Pro. Is, uh, they're both closed, but they're sitting underneath my my iMac. 
So I literally have all four of those things sitting right in front of me right now. (laughs) (laughs) And they all have their purposes. You know, the desktop would be it would be an easier decision for me if I didn't need to take something with me. You know, if I could get all my work done right here in the studio, I may lean a little bit towards the desktop, but I need the portability um, to be able to take something to church with me to to handle the stuff that I handle there. Um, when I go on well, vacation, I need, I mean, need something to take with me. Technically, the iMac is portable. <laughs> it's just a bit cumbersome. <laughs> so have you seen the carrying case for the for the iMac? The one that it comes in? No, there's somebody that actually makes a carrying case for the iMac. That's funny. Okay, I gotta look this up now. But there there is for real a, a carrying case for an iMac. I'll look it up real quick. I'll ask I'll ask you the next question on here while I do that. So if you could have one superpower, what would it be? Hmm. If I could have one superpower. Um, it would probably be now, are we assuming that all superheroes are hard to damage? Cause that seems to be the case in all the movies. Um, I'm going to leave it open. I, I think that, uh, that just seems to be like a built in feature of being a superhero is you're hard to hurt, hard to hurt, but not impossible to hurt. Right. But like you can get, you can, you know, the Hulk can slam you through a cement wall and you're generally okay. Um, I'll go with that. I think in that case, my power would be, did you ever see the movie Looper? I have seen that movie. Where you, as long as you it's can like a see time it, travel. Well, yeah, it's like a teleportation. Like as long as you can see a okay. place, you can teleport there. Mm-hmm. So like the guy goes and cases the bank and he gets a look in the vault when it's open. And then at nighttime, he just thinks about the vault and teleports into the vault. Yeah. Um, okay. I do but like that. he's able to travel the world. Like, you know, he can snap his fingers and he's on top of, you know, one of the um, sphinxes in Egypt. Like, I just think that'd be a super cool. Not like. I mean, not to rob banks or whatever, or to like, you know, creep people out and show up in their houses, but just the ability to travel like that, not have to deal with airplanes and airports and, you know, driving. Like, oh, I want to go to San Diego today. San Diego, Melbourne. Boom. Like, let's go. Like, or, mm-hmm. or, or, I would have to do that the first time, right? To see the place. Yeah. But then after mm-hmm. that, it's like, oh, free travel, first class. That'd be awesome. So, that would be fun. So I'm like super practical with this. By the way, let me send you this link here real quick. So you can you can see this carrying case. This is the one I was thinking of. But uh, but oddly enough, there is a ton of uh, there's a bunch of them that I see on Amazon here that you can buy. They're legitimately carrying cases for the iMac. And not just like the small one. You can get a 27-inch iMac carrying case. It's a burgeoning market. (laughs) This, This is ridiculous. (laughs) <laughs> here let me send this to you we're gonna cut all this out of the show right <laughs> there i just sent it off to you but uh so i'm a little bit more practical when it comes to because this is something that, you know and i know you can use the that that uh power um like 
every day to do whatever you want. But uh, but I've always wanted the power of telekinesis. It just maybe it's just because I'm lazy sometimes. But you know, if there's a book across the room that I want to grab, I just want to be able to reach out and bring it to me. You know what I'm saying? Uh. Or uh, or you know what? Even better yet, um, go go uh, start the lawnmower up and then just sit sit on the porch and and move the lawnmower around. <laughs> That's dumb, but, uh, but yeah, just to be able to move stuff with my mind would be, would be incredible. Uh, I think out of all the, you know, regeneration would be kind of cool just to be able to, but I wouldn't want to live forever, you know, cause immortality is listed. I, I did, uh, put a 20 best superpowers of all time, uh, ranking in the show notes, but I don't think that I would want anything that would make me live forever. Cause I think that would be terrible. <laughs> you don't want to be the Highlander? No, I I, I think at some point one. I think it would be nice to live longer maybe. But uh but as a Christian, you know, I'm just looking forward to to what's after all of this anyway. So I guess maybe that taints my experiences, but or taints my opinion. <laughs> Taint is an interesting word. Choice. Yeah. Well, I I use it I use it uh, loosely. So but yeah, telekinesis, that that's an easy one for me. So so did you get this did you get this uh link? Yeah, it's a purse for your iMac. It is. <laughs> um, I put it in the, the show European notes. European handbag, thank you very much. Okay. <laughs> right. It's a satchel. It <laughs> is. It is it is a satchel for your iMac. That is quite funny. It, I would not trust that at all. There's another one up here that I'm looking at that this, the one that I sent you is no longer available, but there's another one here that is $38. Yeah. Nope. Hard pass. Did you, did you see that one? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, so it's yeah, got little... $3,000 computer in a $38 carrying case. <laughs> yep. That sounds right. Here, let me send this one to you real quick. Yeah. I, I don't know. And it's got all these little plastic clips that hold it all together. That's, it's ridiculous. I just think it's ridiculous. Oh, and they have a pouch on the front of the screen to put your stuff in. That's not problematic. <clears throat> Yikes. Soft velvet material. <laughs> it's the Kirmio travel carrying bag for the Apple 27-inch iMac desktop computer, protective screen case monitor, dust cover with rubber handle for 27-inch iMac screen and accessories, gray patent design. So if you want to look it up, there you go. (laughs) And then it shows a lady using the iMac on her tray table in a train. Are you kidding me? (laughs) Where is that plugged in? I didn't see. Oh, I did. She does have it. That's hilarious. That's a, it's the small one. Let's give her. Let's give her credit for that. But, but yeah, we're just. But where this is the carrying case in? for the twenty-seven inch, Mitch. I know it is, but that's obviously not a twenty-seven inch sitting in front of her. <sighs> False advertising. Yeah. Well, they make. I think they make a twenty-four inch version. Oh, and they have it in black too, just in case anybody wants the black version. There's well, gray know. and black. It's it's slimming, so it'll make the 27 inch look like the 24 inch. Yeah, it'll be in the show notes. So if you guys want to make fun of it with us, you can look at it there. That's terrible. All right, Cam, uh, what's your wild card question for today? If Apple were to introduce one surprise feature 
into iOS 14 when they launched the new iPhone, what would you want it to be? Oh, I figure, feel like I could pull this off the top of my head real easy, but I'm not, I'm not thinking of it right now. Uh, one surprise feature. Hmm, man, that's a tough one. I, I mean, literally just I, came up with it a minute ago, so. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't even definitely, know what I would answer. Definitely a wild card question. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, looking looking at my iPhone right now, I think the first thing that comes up, comes to mind is um, more interactivity with the widgets. But gosh, that sounds so pedestrian. I want to really come up with a, a wild one. No, but it's a feature that we had that got taken away for the new widgets. So it's fair. Yeah, but still. <clears throat> You wanted to read your mind? Hmm. No, that would be give creepy. Siri, give Siri telekinesis. Hey, Siri, mow my lawn. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> that I could get behind. Siri, beer me that beer. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I guess I'm just going to have to go with that. More inter- interactivity in the, the widgets because I would love to be able to, and, and it would have to be open to third-party widgets as well because I would love to be able to control music and uh, and overcast and stuff right from the widget instead of having go, having to go into the app to do that. Um, that would be huge. And I assume that's going to come at some point. But outside of uh, Apple paying my bills for me, I, I can't think of anything else other than that. That'd be pretty cool if they paid our bills for us, though. Well, I mean, they have the money. <laughs> right. <laughs> what, did they cross $2 trillion recently? I don't know. I stopped counting Crazy. a long time ago. Yeah. Money isn't All real, right. man. It's your your turn to answer the question, man. Oh, we have to answer our own wild cards? I thought we'd just get to throw each oh, other yeah. under the bus. Oh, okay. No, I no. want... I'm, I'm chucking you under the bus now, I too. Want Final Cut and Logic on my iPad, please, and thank you. And I want to be able to put widgets on my iPad home screen, not have them locked in widget prison on the left-hand side. Hmm. These are not new requests, Mitch. I still want them. <laughs> and I think it's okay. ridiculous that the widgets are stuck in widget prison. And I know you mentioned the rotating of the device. Then just give me square options. Give me two by two. Give me four by four. Just mm-hmm. make it happen. All right. And, you're, and you don't feel strongly about that at all. What did I say? Opinions <laughs> that you don't feel strongly about are not worth having. Exactly. They're no, not opinions. They're right just now. like, <laughs> whatever, you know? Yeah. Um, I did think of Xcode on the iPad would be cool, too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. for sure. And that'll honestly probably come before Logic or Final Cut. I, I That would be my guess. We'll see. I there That's been rumored for quite a while that, that, that they were working on that. So we'll, we'll see. All right. So my wild card question was in over or was in uh, drafts and it just disappeared. There it is. <laughs> um, you know how drafts uh, just like automatically gives you a new can or new uh, file to work in. Um, oh, yeah. So. We've talked about a we've talked a lot about like the things that we're good at and stuff like that and, and things that we're proud of and. My question for you is, what are you not very good at? Tenor saxophone. <laughs> oh, right. no, the, the, the list is much longer than that. 
Oh no, what? but like just you know, one or two things that you're what really am I not, not very good at. Uh you beat me in chess, by the way. Otherwise, I would have might have said chess. Well, because uh, I finally didn't make a stupid bonehead mistake, like give you my queen. I finally played an actual real game of chess without making a stupid choice. You played a really well played game, and I blundered like four times towards the end of the game, and that that was on me. So, yeah. See, so now you're still up three to one, though. Sure. So I'm not I'm not great at chess, but I'm certainly not bad at it. <laughs> yeah. I, you and I are both about the same skill level, honestly. Yeah, you know we're 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 both. Uh, I I wouldn't call us novices at it, um, but we're not super good at it either. Yeah. Oh, what am I not good at? I mean, honestly, saxophone. I tried learning it. I was younger, and I sounded like a a dying animal. Um. I'm I'm not a great singer, which really, 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 really makes me mad because I love yeah. singing. I'm like, why can't I like I can play guitar, I can play bass, I can play a little bit of piano, I can play drums, like why can't I also sing? It seems like everybody can sing. Everyone else has a good voice. And it's so that that is something that I'm not good at that is actually very frustrating for me because I want to be good at it. Um and then like like my dad is was a Finnish carpenter um for a while and is still very, 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 very handy. Um he, like every house we ever lived in, he did that all the cabinets, all the countertops, all the flooring, all the trim work, all that himself. Um and like I know how to use tools, right? But like what he and then my uncles can do with like plumbing and electricity and stuff, it's like I don't I don't think I got that that gene. Like, you know, I can build a uh, a desk or I can build a, you know, put a fence up or whatever, but like doing like the, the fine, like finishing a bathroom or, or doing countertop or cabinetry work or, you know, like fine, uh, craft work. I, I just don't, I'm not good at it. So there's a few things I'm not good at. Yeah. And <clears throat> I was sitting here and not to, not to sound terrible, like I'm a terrible person, but I hear anything out that you weren't good at Mitch hmm? there, you know, I can't, I was thinking through a bunch of things and I'm just like, well, you know, it's not, and I wanted to pick something that I know that I'm just bad at. Most of the stuff I was thinking through was stuff that I'm not necessarily bad at, but I could improve on. And I, I didn't want to use the one. Um, so a few years ago, and this is not my answer. But a few years ago, I, I had to sit down and put together a uh, what we call a development blueprint at work. And, and it's just kind of going through and here's three strengths that I have, three weaknesses that I have. And what I love about the process is that your your action items, and you have to come up with three things that you're going to work on over the next you know three to six months, depending on on how you time it all out. But, uh, but it's just really designed to make you a better person. And in and by doing that, you're developing skills that make you a better associate as well. So. So I I thought that through and it sounds like such a humble brag to say that um, one of my biggest problems is perfectionism. You know, I I can be so good at things that or at least think that you know i'm i'm good enough at this i should be able to do this better than this 
And so a lot of times I would, I would uh, struggle with, I can't do this thing that they're asking me to do because I can't think of a way to do it better than everyone else. And so, you know, there, there was a lot of struggles that I had. I wouldn't speak up in our staff meetings when I had something to say, because I was afraid that somebody was going to look at me and be like, oh, Mitch is an idiot. He just needs to shut up. You know, and it would really hold me back from being able to do good work because, you know, there's a difference between doing good work and doing perfect work. And so I really, I really struggled with that. So my first blueprint, literally action item one was make more mistakes and action item two was be wrong more often. And I'm not lying about that at all. And when I handed it into my, my, uh, my mentor at the time, which was by a store manager, because I worked for my store manager in the position that I was in. So I handed it to him and he looked at it and he's like, you know what? He's like, this sounds like a joke, but he's like, no, I think you really do need to work on that. So he totally backed me up on that. So my action item was uh, make more mistakes and be wrong more often. And, and actually, to be honest with you, that's probably one of the most transformative things in my life that I've ever done is to challenge myself in those areas. So, but what am I not good at? I'm really not good at running teams. I'm, I work so well by myself and Mm -hmm. it's probably the perfectionism is something that kind of plays into that, but I'm so good at, you know, doing things by myself. But once you put me, once you tell me, okay, you're not allowed to do anything to to uh to um achieve this goal you can't you can't do the physical work to achieve this you have to to get the work done through a team i fall flat when when that happens because to me like first off my expectations are super high so i will i will walk into a team atmosphere like that and just be like the biggest jerk because my my expectations are you're giving me C level work and I need a level work. Come on, let's go. Let's get this done. Let's get this done. Right. And so I fight that a lot. I mean, I do run the, I do run the freight team at work. Um, when we unload trucks now, but that's, that's a little different. And I've kind of learned myself out of like really expecting perfection out of everybody. But that's that really I really struggled with that. I I ran um, our merchandising team uh, at work for quite a while. And that's every day they're doing projects. And so my my job was to come in behind them and rate the quality of their work. And so it it was a big struggle for me. I had to basically say, did they get it about 80 percent? If they got it about 80%, then I could mark it off as, as done properly. Because if I tried to say, oh, they, it's 100% done right, then none of the projects ever came through the, to meet my standards. So, you know, I, I, really, I really had to work hard on like kind of overcoming a lot of that stuff in that position. But I just realized at one point, like if, if they're going to put me in a position where I have to manage a team to get a get a project done i just don't have that capability i'd much rather be one of the foot soldiers than the leader you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. yep so that's something i'm not very good at thank you for sharing
my soul feels cleansed now. <laughs> was it cathartic to share that with the whole world? <laughs> you know, honestly, it was a little bit. Yeah. So unless you've got anything to add, I'm ready to go to go on to what's delighting us right now. Let's move along. So I'm going to let you go first because I think I'm going to have a lot to say about uh, about mine today. So. All right. Well, what is delighting me is the weather is starting to turn ever so slightly in the direction that it's meant to be, which is fall and winter. Yes. As God, in, at least. As God intended. Um, and it makes me very happy. We had our first night two nights ago where the weather dipped into the forties overnight and I was thrilled. Uh, it was like 58 when I woke up and I was like, Oh, this is amazing. But of course the high was like 84. So I was like, we're getting there. We're getting there. The leaves are going to start turning here really soon, which means I can go take my camera and go drive around and take lots of awesome pictures. Um, means I can start wearing like, you know, flannel and hoodies, like a, like a real Midwestern boy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you if you lived up here, we're we haven't been m- much over seventy five for like two weeks. Oh yeah, no, we've been in the eighties. Yeah. Uh, the it's it's just the peak heat in the afternoon, you know, like three, four, or five o'clock, and then it drops yeah. off. Um, but yeah, I mean, even when I when I took my daughter to the babysitters this morning, I was like, oh my gosh, it is so nice outside. Oh yeah, it, it was just beautiful. Makes me, it just morning. makes me so happy. Um, when you I went out on my pet. I went out on my patio this morning and I had a moment where I was like, okay, if I did not have a new IMAX sitting on my desk downstairs in my studio, I would be really tempted to just grab my recording equipment and come out on the porch and record the podcast. Yeah, I can't do that here. I live next to one of the busiest intersections in the city that has two hospitals nearby. So it would just be ambulance every five minutes. <laughs> it's it's ambient noise. It would it would uh, accentuate uh, it's, it's, the podcast. Ambient about an ambulance. <laughs> They're so loud. <laughs> Anyways, all right. But yes, the nice weather is making me happy, and I'm looking forward to fall and winter. I you know I was my birthday's coming up on a. October 1st. And I literally, I look forward to that just not because it's my birthday, but because I have, I love October. Um, it is literally like by far my favorite month of the year. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that everything is starting to shift into fall at that point. And that typically up here, that's when all the leaves start changing colors and stuff like that. Usually that first week in October, that changes depending on the weather, but right around that time. And I'm going to tell you, if you want to get some good pictures of the, the winter, the uh, fall foliage, I don't know that there's a more beautiful place than up, up around where I'm, I live here. There's, there's some really cool stuff up here. So I the found bluffs a, over uh, my baraboo, the up in, uh, I definitely think that, uh, if you came up to visit for a weekend, we would go do the upper Dells boat tour up in Wisconsin Dells, because I think you would just be floored by, um, how beautiful some, some of that stuff is up along the Wisconsin river and stuff. Yeah. I was, uh, scoping out some Airbnb locations and there's one east uh northeast of madison east of madison where it's a yurt on a lake oh, interesting it's awesome the pictures are incredible i was like man i could do that for two nights go up and visit mitch for a night or two and then come back home take like a long weekend mm-hmm. that'd be yeah it was 
super cool. But well, if you yet. ever decide you want to, just give me a holler. For sure. In the last two weeks, I have had probably. I mean, it's been like Christmas for me lately, and and I I just been it's been good. So last weekend we had uh, a conference at the church. And I was, I worked a lot for the church last week. Um, and I'm not going to say that that was a down, a downside of it. I will tell you that last Saturday was a long day. I think I got to the church at eight o'clock. We had the first uh, session of the conference started at nine thirty, but I, but I was wanted to make sure that we had some stuff fixed for the live stream from the night before. So I went in extra early just to make sure that I had time to to play with that and get that settled. But from 930 until almost eight o'clock on Saturday, uh, eight o'clock at night, we were there all day. I mean, we had a lunch offsite. We had dinner at the church. So there were some breaks in there, but otherwise it was just session after session. And they, what they were doing was working through the, they were working through the book of Hebrews and talking. I think the only chapter we didn't do was the last chapter of Hebrews. So, you know, each uh, speaker had about a half an hour to talk about one of the uh, books in Hebrews. So they started in Hebrews one and just worked their way all the way through 12. So it was, it was good. It was some good stuff, but it was a long day on Saturday. But, but if there was a down point in there, that, that would be just a slight little dip in, in the last two weeks. But um, what I did for the weekend, and the reason I bring it up is I decided to take some vacation uh, to relax because, you know what, work has been rough. Uh, we usually get about a month and a half of spring. So the sales that we've had this year, we usually get in about a month and a half. And then it just kind of dies out a little bit and settles for the the summer months. So it's never super, super busy after, say, like June, like the first of June or maybe the second week in June. It starts to settle out for the summer. And you know, it's partly because we live in a vacation, vacation like resort area. Uh-huh. So a lot of the work that gets done on on homes here gets done prior to Memorial Day or right around Memorial Day weekend. So after Memorial Day weekend, there's still a little bit of business, but then it drops off because people are coming up here to enjoy their homes, not to not to do a lot of work on them. So so it makes sense. You know, it's usually emergency stuff that happens after that. This year with COVID, our spring started in March. And we're waiting for it to be over at this point. And it's uh, the beginning of September right now. So it's been a rough year. So having some vacation time was amazing. I did something really interesting that really worked and I didn't expect it to work as well as it did. But um, but I needed something to change just to like something I looked at every day that was going to to just take my mind out of work. So I have a, a watch face on my Apple watch that has I use the infograph face normally and there's a bunch of stuff on that watch face and some of it I use for work. So what I did is I I created a, a watch face, um, a Meridian watch face. I just had a few different complications that I will use, you know, when I'm not home or I'm when I'm not at work. I'm sorry. Uh-huh. And so I set the watch face different for the week. And it's amazing how that just changed my mindset. 
uh, because it, I didn't see the stuff that I use for work. I told my wife, I was like, I'm unemployed until I go back to work on Tuesday, which we'll get to that in a second. But I said, I'm unemployed. I don't have a job. I don't want to think about work. I'm just doing the stuff for the church this weekend. And I'm just totally going to relax and disconnect from everything. And then on Monday, she asked me if I wanted to go to Home Depot to pick up some stuff. And I told her no, because I don't work there right now. So I just didn't want to go there. But uh, but that was that was quiet and and just was nice to have that time. So I was expecting to get my iMac um, sometime this last week. And as the, the date drew sooner and sooner, FedEx is telling me, hey, we'll have it to your house by 1030 in the morning on Tuesday. I go back to work on Tuesday. Oh. <laughs> uh, so this is problematic for me. So I, knowing this uh, far enough ahead of time, I kind of warned my management. I says, I'm taking a personal day that Tuesday if that, that machine comes, because number one, I'm not going to leave that sitting on the porch all day. Yeah. Uh, because that's way too much money to just, and I didn't even want to admit to him how much money it was, but I was like, I'm not leaving that sitting on the porch. So they were fine with that. And I said, and if it comes early, I'm still not coming in because I'm going to spend the day setting up the machine. So I don't, I don't want to have work hanging over me. And then any time that I, that I have throughout the week, not be taken up with having to do all the setup and all that kind of stuff. I, I need, need to get work done this week too. So I need, need that machine up and running. So I got my iMac on Tuesday. I plugged it in. And I sent you, I think I sent you a text message not long after this. I was just like, oh, no, wait, you I didn't send it to you. I think I sent it to my my pastor, actually, because him and I had talked about this. But holy crap. I never expected this this display to be so beautiful. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. I mean, I'm looking at it right now and I can't see pixels on this display. It It is just seamless. And this, you know, a lot of times when I hear Apple talk about, well, we've designed the the interface to, you know, the translucency and, you know, all the, we've designed it to be, this is what they designed this for. Uh-huh. You know, it is so clear, so crisp. The translucency looks amazing. It looks like, like dark glass. I have it in dark mode. It looks like dark glass over the top of the the background i never got that on my on my macbook which is uh, a few years old um admittedly it's a it's a macbook escape as it's been referred to i never got that on that even though that is a retina display it is not this this is gorgeous and i'm just floored by this display yeah, does yours uh, have I, like the true tone and the f- yeah. full color range and all that stuff? Yeah, true tone. Uh, I want to say it's it's not it's not the uh, the XDR display by any means, right. but but yeah, the colors on this are just pop off the screen. Um, I had my wife down here and and we zoomed in on some text um, that that night, and I'm like. I kept zooming in and kept zooming in and expected to see some jagged edges around it or something like that. No, it's smooth and clean uh, text. That's usually where you see like your, you're like your, like your pixels 
is when, yeah. it, when you start seeing the little raggedy edges on the text. No, it looked perfectly printed on the screen. It's just, it was just amazing. I, I can't say, I can go on forever. This, this display is just incredible. I'm so happy with it. I did have to make the decision as to whether or not to do a transfer from my MacBook or to start new. Do you have an opinion on that? I always start everything fresh. I I thought about it for a little bit, and I even tried to do a a uh, an a transfer from a time machine backup that I have had of my MacBook. And like, it just didn't, didn't do anything. And I thought, you know what? Okay. I'm going to start this fresh. I'm going to start this from the beginning. You know what? I think I'm every Mac that I buy, I'm going to do it this way because it just bringing over all the cruft from the old machine. It just seems like most, all my files are in OneDrive and Dropbox now. So I don't, I don't really have like files and stuff that I need to bring over. Mostly it's the apps that I was thinking about. And yeah, it was a little bit of pain in the butt to go through and reinstall all my apps and stuff like that. But what's cool about that is you start to prioritize the apps that you download. Exactly. And I know that I do not have nearly as many apps on this machine at this point than I have on my, on my MacBook because some of them just didn't make the cut. You know, I, I have limited time to put these, put these apps on here and I'm just not going to spend the time to just download everything, you know? So, so yeah, I, yeah, it's, it's cool. So I, I definitely recommend starting, starting new and not doing a transfer. And then the other day, I think I was slated to go back. I went back to work on Wednesday and Wednesday morning, I think it was, it was Wednesday or Thursday morning. I was down here and I thought, you know what, I'm going to open up Final Cut Pro real quick and start editing some of the, um, some of the live stream sessions from, um, last weekend to, to re-upload those to YouTube. And then I'm going to compile a playlist of all the videos so that people can just go up there and watch the videos if they want to. And so I, I downloaded one of the videos from YouTube I brought it into a Final Cut Pro, uh, did some trimming and editing, and I had to figure out a couple things because I I don't use Final Cut Pro a lot, but uh, but I you know I'm getting better at it, and so I I worked all that stuff, I got it got it all the way I wanted it, and then I had to log into the church uh, the church YouTube page through Final Cut, and and then I uploaded the the video. Now, when I did that on my laptop, which I I have done that on my laptop before, that process would take me an hour, maybe two hours, you know, just getting getting everything the way I wanted it to, you know, and I got to wait for the machine for a minute and then do this and then wait for the machine a little bit. And then ultimately, uh, at the end of the process, you've got to you've got to um, allow Final Cut to do its thing and then upload the video. So, you know, if I do 30 minutes of video, that may take 30 to 45 minutes to do all that process. So I, uh, I set that up on my, on my iMac here, uh, basically went in and said, okay, just go ahead and upload it to YouTube. 
And I sat back and I turned on something on the TV. I thought, you know, it's going to take a few minutes to, for this to work. I'm not joking, man. It was like five minutes, maybe. <laughs> and and that was the uploading. That wasn't even the, the uh, it was like two gigs because I put it in as high a definition as it would let me. I think it was a seven, 720 that, it, that I, uh, um, that I set up the video for. So it was, it was close to what it was originally. And, and then, so the, the, whatever transcoding that it had to do or anything like that was all done and it uploaded it to YouTube. And literally like five minutes later, I'm like, shoot, it's what you get the little, you get the little notification that it's done. Uh Like it's done already. It's like that. Are you kidding me? It's like, Oh, that's sweet. I love it. I text somebody right away and I was just like, shoot, I, it took me five minutes. This is crazy. But so I'm really, really happy with that. I'm getting my, getting my work done so much faster. Do you have a, what kind of per- peripherals do you use with your um, computer? Um, so I have a Mac mini. So I have a, uh, an old magic trackpad, um, the battery powered one, not the, the new the newer version that's lightning powered. Um, and then I have a Keychron K6 keyboard that I use. And I think I'm going to maybe look into the, um, those Keychron, uh, mechanic, that's a mechanical keyboard. Yeah. I got the Brown, um, the Brown keys and it is glorious. Yeah. that's going to be down the road at some point for me, but cause I've got a lot of other stuff I need to get for the studio before that. But, um, but yeah, so I ordered the magic mouse with it because I already had a track trackpad uh, that I had ordered for my laptop at one point because I have my, my keyboard tray down a little lower than my desk. So I didn't want to have to keep reaching up on my desk to use the trackpad on the device. And, you know, like most of us, I deal with a little bit of RSI. So I'd wanted to make sure that I had some different input methods. So I get the magic trackpad. I'm sorry, the magic mouse set up with the device. Um, the keyboard's working great, which by the way, I love the keyboard. It's not a bad keyboard. Uh, I think these have the uh, newer scissor switches in them. So they're, you know, they're, they're comfortable to type on. Um, they're not like typing on flat keys like they, like the, the laptop I have here. Cause that has, I think the original butterfly switches in them. But yeah, I like the, the, the smart keyboard or whatever it's called, the magic keyboard, I think. Um, mm-hmm. There's like travel on the keys, which is, yeah. which I, I think important, you know, there, mm-hmm. there's very little travel in those, uh, that the butterfly switches on the, on the laptop I have. Yeah. Um, it literally feels like you're just smacking solid, you know, it moves a little bit, but it doesn't move much. So the magic mouse lasted about five minutes. <laughs> yeah, I don't, <laughs> I, don't, I don't like those. It's like what what this is this is terrible this trackpad i love this trackpad but what i was running into was um i have a larger uh, mouse pad that sits on my desk that i put stuff on and you know so using the mouse the mouse on that isn't so bad but down on my keyboard tray i just have a small one and i found myself having to lift it up move it over, put it back down, move the mouse a little bit, lift it up, put it back over, put it down, move the mouse a little bit. I'm like, nah, this is done. I'm done with this. This is awful. 
So I might connect that to my iPad and use it, but uh, but yeah, I'm not using it with my iMac. Yeah, iPad would be a good call. Much much smaller screen. Yeah, all right. So, but that is pretty much all I have to say about that iMac. But if you're going to ask me what's delighting me right now, this iMac is blowing me away. Um, but the last two weeks have been just awesome. I, I wanted, I didn't want to short shrift, uh, any of the, um, any of the rest of the stuff that happened over the week and stuff like that. And just being able to relax and go back to work with like just a renewed, um, energy and feel, I mean, it's, I'm still tired, you know, this has been a rough year, but, uh, but I feel a little bit more renewed and, and feeling better at work. So that's good. I got some good rest, but this iMac just blows me away. <laughs> Do you name your devices? No. no. I used to back when I like was younger, but like when I got the the iPhone 5, the first that was the first tall one, right? Mm-hmm. The 5. And I got the black version. I named that one Tall, Dark and Handsome. Um Yeah. But that's the last thing I named. Otherwise it's just like, you know, Cam's Mac Mini, Cam's iPad, Cam's iPhone. Usually I like to do that stuff, but I just yeah. don't have any clever names for them so so i i did it that way for a long time and then i heard um on atp they were talking about this and they were giving casey a hard time because casey didn't name his uh devices they give um, casey a hard time about everything just one of the do, reasons they i stopped do. listening yeah no I, I find it funny you know he he takes a lot of a lot of crap but um but in the process, they 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 were challenging him to come up with some names for his stuff, and they were going to check back on the next episode and all that kind of stuff. So I thought to myself, you know, I really like Star Wars, but I don't want to use cliche names. So I was trying to come up with uh, names that I could use on my devices here that uh, would not be cliche. Now, I've only named two of my devices so far in this naming scheme, and the iMac is one of them. Jar so, Banks. No, heck no. Um, but Misa I want twenty seven inches tall. <laughs> Stop that, or I'm gonna, I'm gonna Misa hang display up this call is right now. <laughs> Um, so, so, so I, I thought, you know, the cliche thing to call my iMac because it's the big, you know, hub of my universe right now is to go with like Death Star. I'm, I'm not. Yeah, but that. that's that's gonna end poorly. Yeah, yeah, it's just gonna blow up. The the other idea was, <clears throat> well, if you go back into the prequels, Coruscant is the the hub, so you could you could kind of you could get away with Coruscant um, being the 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 you know you know what I'm talking about. Coruscant mm-hmm. is the the planet yep. that's in the yeah okay. I could do that. I thought, well, you know, I still don't like that. So I'm thinking origins. You know what? So. I'm going to teach you a little something today because my, my first thought was uh, Misa love my, learning about Star Wars. Yeah, I'm glad. And you're going to stop that. The first thought for me was, well, the Jedi Temple has a lot of stuff in it. You know, they've, they've got the Jedi or the, the Temple archives are there. Um, they do training. You know, that that is kind of a centralized location for a lot of what the Jedi do. I could go into the legends and pull out like the origins of the Sith um, and, and use that planet name, which is escaping me right now. But uh, I decided to go to the, the very, there's a planet in, in the legends 
uh, novels, and I'm not sure if it's been brought into canon yet, but uh, there is a planet that the Jedi, before they were called Jedi, they were actually called the Jedi, which is spelled differently and is, is slightly different. Um, I think it's J-E apostrophe D-A-I-I is how it's spelt. So it's where, the, it's where the term Jedi comes from, but it but it's pronounced a little bit differently and it's spelled a little bit differently. I never understood the incessant need for fantasy and and sci-fi people to just shove apostrophes into words. Like they, like why? Why is that a thing? I don't know. But so so I was I was thinking through like where where I would go with naming this machine and there's a planet that's in that's talked about in Jedi lore and and it's it's actually in some of the very early novels uh chronologically um not by release but chronologically and if you go back to there's two novels in the uh, Dawn of the Jedi series. And then there's also comic books that take place in that time period as well that I have not read. But the very early ones talk about the training of uh, uh, Lam Lamory. I'm trying to remember her name. But it was a training, her training as a Jedi, her and her brother's training. And they were on this planet. And this planet was very unique because it had some very unique features that the reason and it was the the planet itself had a jedi presence in the planet so it accentuated their abilities and it was a good place for them to train in the use of their abilities because it was very favorable towards their abilities now there's sith planets that are like that as well in the legend series or in the legends novels but this one in particular was very interesting one of the key aspects of it is that there's a uh training a period that they go to the silent desert and one of the land, one of the interesting things about this desert and the reason they call it the silent desert is that the sand that's in this desert absorbs all sound so it's completely silent and so part of the problem is that there's also um animals there that are very dangerous and uh and so they have to use, especially at night, they have to use their Jedi senses to sense the animals that are around them and be able to ward off some of these, these creatures. And if they survive, you know, so many days in the silent desert, um, then they graduate to the next level. It's kind of a, it's a trial that they have to go through. The planet is called Tython. And so my iMac is now called Tython. So... I said all that to get to that. So there you go. Some nice. interesting, interesting Jedi lore for you that you may not have known. You should rename the mute button, the silent desert button, the silent desert button. I like it. So just, just to, just to wrap that up there, there's one other device that I have in my studio that I, that I named in this naming scheme so far. And that's my Synology. And it has two drives in it. Um, they're two different drives and in, uh, in, and it, this has been brought into Canon now, but, uh, Grand Admiral Thrawn is, um, in the rebel series and he is, he originally was written into, um, legends that they, the stories take place. The Thrawn trilogy, uh, takes place after return of the Jedi. 
and and great books if you ever get a chance to read them they are the books that i always recommend people start with if they're going to read um any star wars books but they are legends books they are not canon at this point but there's a bunch of thrawn books that are coming out um there's through the trilogy that's already out that is canon that takes place um just after the Clone Wars, I believe. And now the new one that I just got last week, which um, I'm excited about too, takes place um, before the, or just before or just during the Clone Wars. So it's a, yeah, anyway. But his ship is the Chimera. So I named my Synology Chimera because if you know about the, um, the mythological creature of the Chimera, it's actually two two separate animals that share the same body. So two drives that are different that are in my synology. You catching mm. the the correlation? Yeah. So see, I'm such a noob. I've been like, oh, two drives R two D two. This what I'm talking about. Like trying to stay away from some of the cliche yeah. stuff oh. that, that everybody knows. I like to uh-huh. dig deep into the uh, deep into everything. To whatever, man. Up. Han shot first. Okay. Get off me. <laughs> I, I agree with that one. Han shot first. So McClunky. Cool. You didn't you didn't get that one, did you? No. That one right okay. over my head. So McClunky, if you watch the um the Star Wars movies on uh, Disney Plus, uh they went and changed that scene again. So Greedo and Han are talking and what originally happened was Han shot Greedo, and that was that was it. In the original theatrical version, that's what happened. In the special edition, Greedo shoots first, and then Han shoots him um, to try and make Han, you know, he's shooting in self defense. Yeah, he's he's not that edgy, you know, you know, space pirate. So now what they've done, and and I don't I don't know why they possessed them to do this, but now Han and Greedo are talking. And Greedo says, and this is added, this is new dialogue that was inserted into this. He says, McClunky. And then they both shoot at the same time. <laughs> so the joke, the joke McClunky is from, from that. Apparently that's supposed to be Rodian for, um, for, and now you will die or something to that effect. And uh, and so it's a warning to Han that he's going to shoot him, and so then they shoot at the same time. But it's stupid, but it's it is what it is. So McClunky. All right. Well, this has been a, a a decent length episode. I think I'm ready to wrap up. If you don't have anything else, yep, I'm good. The weather's beautiful. I love it. Indeed. All right. So if you're listening to the podcast and you haven't done this already, you can find us at innerdialogue.show. That'll take you right to our fireside page. You can find out a little bit more about Cam and I. And if you have questions for us, uh, feel free to hit us up on Twitter. I'm at Mitch Craig. I'm at Cam Brennan. And uh, let us know what you think of the the, the show and uh, give us any feedback that you'd like to and ask any questions that you might be interested to knowing the answer for. And then we don't have to sit and ask each other questions. Uh, We can answer your questions. So excellent. Well, thank you so much for tuning in, Cam. It's been a great, uh, great show and and very interested in going to Scotland with you sometime. (laughs) Oh, hi, laddie. Hi, thank you. Uh, And we'll uh, see you uh, back here next time. Thanks, Cam.
Misa go bye bye now. I hate you so much. <laughs> <laughs>